Welcome one and welcome all. Once again, you are tuned in to the Cruise Control Podcast. Yes, sir. In the building. Episode three. Made it. Episode one and two were a success. They were a success. And now we are on episode three. Exploring abandoned places. Exploring abandoned places. Why am I doing a podcast episode on exploring abandoned places? Well, because I myself am a fan of exploring abandoned places. There's a community of people who enjoy exploring abandoned places. And this community of people is called UrbX, the UrbX community, U-R-B. EX, for those of you who don't know, it's a huge community. There's a lot of people who are into this, this thing. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people, huge community, some friendly, some not so friendly, you know, is it brings all walks of life together. It's something like music. It's uh, It can be an activity done with people. It can be an activity done by yourself. It is illegal. It's illegal. It is not legal. It's, uh, it's trespassing. It's literally trespassing. But you know, like with anything that's illegal, there's going to be a lot of people who enjoy doing it. You know, you get a rush from it. You get an adrenaline rush. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. There's a possibility you could run into dangerous people, dangerous animals. More often than not, the place that we are exploring is dangerous itself. Just because it's abandoned, most of them are old, dilapidated, you know, not kept up with. Most of them are closed off to the public, but we find our way in, which is which is what makes it illegal. It's trespassing. Most times people are breaking and entering. Even though these places are abandoned, it's, it's government property. And a lot of the times they know it isn't so safe. So they try to keep people out. They try to keep people away. They know the dangers of it. They being the police and other people in the community that know about the place that's being explored um i uh i have explored many places many abandoned places shout out to my japanese explorers they call it haikyo over in japan Yes, that is how big the community is. It expands all over the world. 
They call it Haikyo in Japan. It is called urban exploration here in America. And a lot of people do it. A lot of people enjoy it. It it has it has claimed a lot of lives. Urban exploring has claimed a lot of lives. But we love it. Those of you who do it, you know. You get that feeling. You get that rush. You see those beautiful sights. You get to step back into time. It's almost like time travel. You, you're stepping back into time, but you have to use your imagination. You see the place as it is now, and you, you step back in your mind, back into time, and you, you imagine how it was when it was active, when it wasn't abandoned, when people frequented these places and they were full of life and full of people and people that were living their own individual lives and had emotions and all kind of energy was flowing through the place and it ended up being abandoned. Everything ended up, it's a, it's almost like a symbol of life. It's like watching a rose grow and then die. You know, at one point it's full of life and then it's not. And then it's just empty and then it's just collecting dust and then it's just falling apart. But there's still beauty in that. There's still beauty in the death process. And that is what us urban explorers go for. We go for that beautiful decay. And that feeling of being back in time. You know, it, it, is, it really feels like a time traveling experience because you can be in different places in time all at the same time. Here you are in this place that was built most likely before you were even born, probably abandoned before you were even born. So a lot of these places are abandoned for very long amounts of time, which makes them dangerous. Uh, you know, people use abandoned places for a few different things. Sometimes it's not always for just exploring and get the beautiful sight. Sometimes it's for mischievous things like graffiti. Forget sometimes, all of the time. Anytime a graffiti writer sees an abandoned building, that is now your playground. Because no cops. No one can stop you. Empty space. You got free walls everywhere to practice. You can do what you want to do. Once again, I remind everybody listening, this is a very 420 friendly podcast. Recommend you smoke your weed, whatever you smoke, light up, sit back, just join the conversation. Like I said, some people use abandoned places for other things like uh, shit, sex, rituals, refuge, a place to think, 
Some people need a place just to get away and be nowhere. Have no one around, nothing around you, no voices telling you things. Some people need that. I think everyone needs that. Your mind is that place where you can go when you need to, but when your mind is too cluttered and you just can't detach your mind from everything else around you, you go to places that are abandoned, places that have been forgotten. Quiet places. Some people prefer Hawaii or something like that. Good for you. That's you. Go to Hawaii. Go wherever makes you happy. Uh, thrill seekers, photographers, graffiti artists, regular explorers of anything, um, weird people, people that have been exiled from their social circles, people that can't seem to get into a social circle, people people that don't know what to do with their hands, you know, like... You see somebody standing around and they'll go from one pose to another, and but they're awkwardly moving their hands like they don't know what to do with their arms. Those kind of people, they choose abandoned places. These are the kind of people that gravitate towards these places. Sometimes we run into each other. There's been a couple times I've ran into people in an abandoned place. Sometimes I let my presence be known, other times I won't, for reasons known by people that do this kind of thing. Like I said, some people are friendly and some people aren't. So you don't you, you don't really know who you could be running into. So sometimes you you know, you you pick your battles. You pick your battles. Sometimes you play the shadows and you just let people pass. Sometimes you you know, you poke your head out, you say hello, hey, how's it going? Uh, what brought you to this place? Oh, I know a little bit about it. I could show you around to some secret spots you might not know about. And that's what makes it cool. That's what makes it a community. Because no matter what brought you to this place, we're here now. We're here. Me, you, whoever else is with you, whoever is with me, we're here now. So now what? Let's go look at it. Let's go. Let's walk through it and see what vibes it gives off. Because a lot of these places do still hold energy. It sounds crazy, but. Okay, I'll give you a story. Um, the old abandoned movie theater downtown in Newark, New Jersey. Any Newark natives will know what I'm talking about. It's a huge, huge building. It takes up a good, um, well, hell, if you put it all to the side, it'll probably stretch for a good three, three, four blocks, maybe going straight across. If you put it all going straight across, but it's not all going straight across. It's a, okay. I don't even know how to measure architecture and stuff like that. I'm not perfect with it. I'm sorry. I'll just try to give you a basic parameter, perimeter, whatever you call it. The front of it takes up about two blocks. Walking in front of it, you'll probably walk a good two blocks before you get to the end of the building. And going across or, you know, in the other direction, it goes for another block. 
Okay, so across the front of it goes for about two blocks, and then you go towards the side of the building, it goes for another block. So you can picture how big it is, and it's it's huge. It's tall. It's it's pretty tall. Uh, maybe about ten stories. Yeah, let's say a good ten stories, give or take. From the roof to the main floor, not including the basement. That building goes down quite a ways. I think it might go down just as far as it goes up, if not a little more. I've tried getting to the basement of this place and it goes down pretty far. I haven't made it to the basement yet. The the group I was with, they backed out. We went down so many sets of stairs trying to get down to the basement. They backed out. They backed out. We got down three, maybe four flights of stairs and literally every floor was the exact same. They said, all right, we've seen it all. We don't want to go any further. You know, I honestly thought I was going to find a body down there. It was so dark down there. There's so many flights of stairs going down. It's very possible to get lost or stuck down there. And if you're not capable of moving that well, if you do have any handicaps that that uh, that that would stop you from being able to get up a few flights of stairs, you might die down there. It's possible. It's very possible. You get sick, you know, a lot of homeless people choose these places for refuge and it gets cold. It gets dark. It gets cold. You know, so unfortunately, a lot of homeless people have passed away in abandoned places. Um, and that adds to the allure of it. That doesn't draw people away it doesn't make people turn from it it actually will bring more people people love that the spooky aspect of it the thrill of the chase you know what could be there what dangers could be there people love chasing danger you know um I actually walked into a room in the abandoned theater. This was the story I was trying to get around to. The the reason why I say the the room still holds energy. I walked into this. Well, first, when you get in through the main entrance that everybody gets in through, it's like this huge hole in the wall, literally. Like somebody took a bomb and just blew the wall up. And there's a stairway that goes up into the building. And once you get through there, you're in the... You're, it's a movie theater. You're in the movie theater now, and you can see the stage. It, there's two movie theaters inside of this building, just to give you a little idea of how big it actually is. And that's not it. There's a car wash, a daycare, an entire other school, um, a hotel. It's a big place. So you get in through the the, the first main theater. You walk up these huge gladiator stairs. I don't see how people did it back then. I don't I don't really see a lot of people a lot of older people being up there. I see the younger kids climbing up that. That's what that reminds me of. That's for, you know, teenagers and stuff. 
that don't mind, you know, taking that huge step up. They're still limber. You know, they, they're still young and full of energy. Kids will probably love going up and down that. It's a good energy killer. So you get up the huge gladiator stairs and there's this carpet hallway going across the back, like where people would go to the back of the theater and leave, you know, go to different sections of the building. So you get up to this carpeted stairway and there's this huge window. You can see out the window. No, I'm sorry. The window is not there. It's it's up. You got to go up to the higher levels. And then you see the huge window at the like near the top of the building. And you, you see the parking lot down at the bottom. You see across the top of some buildings. It's beautiful. The window itself is amazing. It's huge and it swings out like, you know, those old school windows that swing on the on the uh, they swing. They swing open and they're huge. It was a huge circular window. It was amazing. The The metal in it was all rusted and stuff. It looked beautiful. So downstairs in this hallway, in this in this theater, the carpeted hallway, I'm walking towards the back, and it's getting pretty dark. And looking down at the at the carpet, I see a trail of blood. Now you know if it's juice or something, juice will dry up eventually. Juice is gone. You won't really see juice stains that bold and that prominent you know blood sticks out you know blood when you see it so i see a trail of blood leading down some stairs oh thrill of the chase where does it lead where does the blood go the blood led to a room that had a rope Hanging from a, uh, maybe it was a water line or something. I don't know what it was. It was a pipe. And there was a chair under the rope. Excuse me. I'm going to start turning my notifications off when I do this because it's so annoying when that happens. And then you guys have to hear it. I'm sorry about that. So, yeah. The blood trail led to a room of obvious suicide. I don't know what happened. You know, maybe they tried to cut their wrist and they couldn't do it. So they hung themselves. It was horrible. It was horrible. You could feel it when you walked in the room. You could feel it. And then when you see the rope, it just, it, it grasps you. It, it really grabs you. It's like a huge hand, like a huge Davy Jones hand from SpongeBob, the huge ghost guy, like a huge hand that just grabs you and you feel it, grips you tight. And it's a, you, you feel the, you know how you feel the pins and needles on your, in your leg when your leg goes to sleep? You get that feeling through your whole body and it's like, whoa, whoa. Somebody really was going through something and they ended it all right here in this room and you feel it. So a lot of these places do hold the energy and that, that attracts people that attracts people. It attracted me, but on a lighter, on a lighter note, these places can be fun. 
there's been a, a quite a few times where I've had a blast in an abandoned building. Sometimes people throw parties in warehouses. You know about that kind of stuff. I don't know if you've ever been to a warehouse party, but they happen. Secret paintball tournaments. That happens a lot. Shooting practice. Some people bring their guns and start shooting the place up. These places have different purposes for for a lot of people, but my main thing was just to see the sights. I needed places to get away to. I remember one time I was in an abandoned school with my friend Jordan. We're in this abandoned school and it's it's torn apart. It's destroyed. The higher levels, there's no roof. And then the level right under that, the floor is all, it's torn apart. You can't even walk across it. You'll die. But in the lower levels of this school, me and him are chasing each other around like little ass kids, man. Like little ass kids. We're running around this place. We're playing hide and seek. You know, we're jumping out, scaring each other. It was fun. It was innocent fun. And we couldn't do that in a lot of places outside of an abandoned building. You know, we can't run around outside in the public eye. You'll look crazy. We're too old for that. We're too old for that now. We can't chase each other around outside like that. You know, you'll look childish. People will judge you. Another reason why people go to these places. Judgment-free zone. You can't judge me if you're in here just like me. You're in this crappy, dilapidated, dusty, asbestos-filled place with me. You can't judge me if you are in this place with me now. And I know it. Because people that wouldn't like this kind of stuff would judge us. Oh, you do what? You're a bum. You, ugh. What are you, a squatter? What are you, a crackhead? You you know, stuff like that. Because a lot of those places, a lot of those people are known for being in these places. But that doesn't mean that that's all that it's for. It's not just for homeless people to come and sleep. It isn't just for drug addicts to come and get high. It's also for people like me and my friends who just wanted to get away. Or we wanted to see a beautiful sight that you can't see on a regular walk through a museum. You know, this is this is not something regular. It's regular to people that view it from the outside because most people don't pay much attention to it anyway. It's like the graffiti. If you're not into it, you're not looking for it. You're not really seeing it. The same with an abandoned place. You see the abandoned place outside of it and it's like, oh, wow, uh, whatever. Or you might not see it at all. You pay no attention to it because it's dead to you. So it's not even there. It's probably not hard for some people because you can ignore other people like they're not even there. So it's not hard for you to not see a building that isn't active. Or you don't know it's active. Because it's still active. It's just not for regular business or regular people. You know? (laughs) Yeah.
But yeah, we're chasing each other through this place and we feel like kids again, man. It takes us back in time to just being 12, not caring about the world, not caring about what people think about you. That's not even on your mind. Stuff like that, when you're at that age, it's not even on your mind. You're not thinking about what the next person is thinking about you because you haven't been through anything that would really make you want to be self-conscious. You ha- you're still numb to life. So being in these places, it takes me back. It makes me numb to life again because everything going on, is it's a lot. Life is a lot. Usually on a day-to-day for regular people like me and you who may be listening, if you're not so privileged, then you're going through a lot. Not having the things you want, not being able to give people the things you think they deserve. Not being able to go to some of these high class, really nice, fancy places that you would really want to go. Stuff like that, that'll that'll get on your mind and, and make you sink. You know, you sit and then you sulk. You sink into yourself and you just, you, things are heavy on you. Being in these places takes a lot of weight off your shoulders. It takes a lot of weight off of your shoulders. You can breathe. You can walk. You can be you. You can flow without interruption. And you're with the people you enjoy being around. So it's like you're on a vacation. You're on a free vacation. Who who wouldn't want that? You know, so it's it's nice for that. It's very nice for that. It's very therapeutic. You know, for my people who walk through the park, you know what that feels like. But this isn't a walk in the park. <laughs> this is no walk in the park. But it's it's similar. It serves the same purpose. Some of my favorite places that I love to go are abandoned. Like the movie theater. Like an abandoned amusement park. The rides don't work, but look around. It's beautiful. Places like that allow you to Take in the little things, the subtle things, you know, the things that the original man and woman had. They didn't have all the extra distractions like phones and all the other stuff that we get piled with these days. They had the beauty of nature. They didn't have streetlights Blocking out the stars. So now they got stars. They have space. They could see space very well. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. The grass is growing freely. Trees and vines are growing everywhere. Huge rocks are getting covered in vines and leaves. And it's it's divine. 
it's heaven on earth. And for my treasure hunters, a lot of the times there is some valuable stuff in these places. Because remember, they're abandoned, they're left behind. Sometimes they're forgotten about, you know, sometimes there's war, tragic events, people pass away and places get forgotten about. Things get left behind. Valuable things. Like jewelry, like money, like collectible items, a lot of collectible things that are valuable to people who value them. Art. Vintage silverware and dishes and uh, clothes. Vintage baseball cards. I found a lot of vintage baseball cards in abandoned houses. Oh, boy. My buddy Rel. I'm going to have him on the show one of these days. I think most likely the next episode or episodes to come. He'll, he'll be here. He'll be here. He, uh... He might end up being the co-host along with another friend of mine. We'll see how far it goes. Excuse me. Mm. My buddy Ralph used to live over on Eastern Parkway. It's like the cusp of the ghetto in Newark, New Jersey. And the nice part of South Orange, New Jersey. So living on the cusp, it was a, it was almost like my house back in Detroit. Uh, Middle class, higher middle class, you know. Yeah, it's definitely higher middle class, getting to the really nice part. That's kind of how we met. I lived right around the corner, which you could see the progression in the homes as you got into these, as you went a few blocks up, you know, you could go around the corner and you could see a different life. The way they live is different. They don't have the same issues we have. They go to work in school that way. We go to work in school the other way. And it's totally different. Two sides of the coin. You got heads and tails, almost literally. Like, it like day and night one side of the city was the bright side the other side is the dark side he was on the cusp so when he moved out of his place I didn't know I came to his place knocking on the door and I could hear it from the knock I could hear it was different even walking up to the house and looking at the windows You didn't see the same life in it anymore. And it, it, I felt it, but I didn't, it didn't click in my mind yet, but I felt it. So I get up to the door, I knock on the door, I hear it. Now I'm feeling it and hearing it. Only thing left is to, to really see it and know. So, you know, like hearing it through the door, I look into the window because there was this piece of, of glass in his in his door that was broken. 
I laugh because <clears throat> this is how he would get into his house whenever he was locked out. And he would he never wanted anyone to know. And that's very understandable being from the neighborhood that he was from and going through what he went through. You know, just being from areas that are infested with crime and poverty, you stuff happens to you and you become cautious. You know, you learn you can't trust everybody. So he never wanted anyone seeing him getting in through his door this way. I saw him do it maybe one or two times, and that's when I really knew he trusted me, and we were locked in for life. I knew before then, but I really knew at that point. That stamped it, you know? But anyway, I look through that piece, and I see he's no one's there. Nothing is there. It's empty. Couch is gone, rug, carpet, pictures, everything was gone. And one day I needed a place to sleep. Being from the places we're from, that happens. That's regular. That's normal. That's very, it's more than likely someone in your classroom is sleeping on the roof of an apartment building, or they're sleeping in an abandoned house, or they're sleeping under their porch. You never know what somebody is going through. Some people play it off so well, you would never know until they tell you and then get shocked. But yeah, anyway, I'm in his place and it's abandoned. So now I'm just looking around and I'm feeling the different rooms and, you know, I'm just remembering how it was when when he was still there. Uh, it's what we do when we go in these abandoned places. We go back in time. This is like actual time travel. If you feel it, it's a physical, spiritual time travel. You get to be in the past and the future and the present all at the same time. It's a wonderful feeling. It's a beautiful feeling. It's an intoxicating feeling. You don't need a, a man-made substance or a natural substance or whatever, weed, beer. You don't need any stimulants to feel that. You just have to be there. It's like one of those things people tell you you had to be there to know. You just had to be there for it. You will just have to be there. You'll just have to go. You have to go and feel it for yourself. Someone showing you a picture of a beautiful mountain. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It looks very nice, but it's not the same as being there. I don't like when people take pictures of stuff too much and they're just showing it around all on the Internet. And it kind of like it kind of takes away from the feeling. And I heard somebody else talking about this one day. And it really does. I feel like it's true. A picture can kind of take away that special moment for you. So I feel like you shouldn't really show people pictures of other parts of the world. It's okay to maybe tell them about it so then you get them excited and they can go for themselves one day and see it. Because that whole feeling of seeing it for the first time and being in the moment, and it's something you can't get from anything else you it's it's one of those natural feelings that you just have to partake in to know it's a spirit thing that touches your spirit 
It will open your mind to new thoughts. It will heal you. It takes all the pressure away from your regular hustle and bustle life. It will allow you to relax. You will be at ease. Your spirit will thank you for it. What was I saying? Um, next, I don't remember what I was saying. So I'll get on to the next point. Uh, oh, I remember what I was talking about. In my buddy Rail's house. I'm going through his place and I come across a stash of baseball cards. That was the point I was getting around to, the baseball cards. I find baseball cards in a lot of places. I found baseball cards in his place. I wanted to give it back to him, but I think I ended up actually leaving them. Yeah, I think I actually ended up leaving them by mistake. I forgot to take them out with me. Because I didn't just pick it up and put it in my pocket. I picked it up, looked at it, and kept a mental note. And I'm like, all right, okay, when I'm leaving, I'll just come and, you know, I'll gather up the stuff. Maybe I feel like he would want to have. Because, you know, sometimes when you move, you'll leave some sentimental stuff behind by accident. Like in Pulp Fiction, when uh, Bruce Willis's wife, the French girl, left his watch. You know, but he, the, the, the goons were on him. Samuel Jackson and... Uh, and John Travolta, they were on his, they were on his tail, right? Because what he was going through with Marcellus Wallace, right? But you know, that's just another example of a place being abandoned because of a, a tragic thing that was going on. It was an emergency. Sometimes you just have to get up and go, and you leave things. Sometimes you can't take anything with you, like in events of a fire, you don't have much time to take your, your all your belongings with you. You have to go now. Like in Chernobyl, you know how much stuff is left behind in places like that? And that that's full of radioactive material. So people can't even go and get the things out. It's, it, they could be worth money, but it's not worth your life. It's not worth your life. That's like sending in a fireman into a completely burnt, burning, and engulfed, flame-engulfed building for your Rolex. Yes, it's worth something. Yes, it's worth maybe $50,000 or more. But life is worth more than that. It's worth way more than that. And you know what? I really want to give a a moment for those who uh, who lost their life exploring these places. Chasing that thrill. Getting away from regular life. Whatever your reason was for being there at that time. Maybe you're just a photographer. You were just trying to get your good pictures. Maybe you were a little drunk off the woo-woo juice. And you, you, you stumbled over an edge. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not judging you. You could have been getting fucked off the edge of the building and you fell. I don't care. I don't care. You were there. So I cannot judge you. I was there. Unfortunately, you lost your life there. 
Rest in peace. I want to get a special segment. And um, name a few people that lost their life while exploring. And these are just a few stories that really stuck out to me. You know, one being Ethan Bonner. Ethan Bonner, I think he was, uh, I think he was 20 years old, 22 years old. He fell from the roof of the derelict deli. And, uh, you know, he passed away. They found the footage that he was recording during the time that he fell. The footage shows that he was there for a whole day. That's sad. That's sad. He was there for a day before somebody found him. Rest in peace, Ethan Bonner. Rest in peace. Explorer. Another one was Connor Cummings. Connor Cummings. He's 20 years old. Fell off the roof of uh, the Four Seasons Hotel. It was an abandoned Four Seasons Hotel in Midtown Manhattan. It was 52 stories up. He fell from 52 stories up. You were flying, my boy. Connor, you got your wings, dog. You got your wings, baby. Rest in peace. Rebecca the Bando Queen Bunting. <laughs> Sounds like a boxing name, right? Rest in peace, Rebecca, baby. She was 30 years old. A lot of people knew the Bando Queen. She was popular. She was popular in the Urbex community. She got swept away by the flash flood at Penny Pack Creek. Rest in peace, Rebecca, the Bando Queen. We'll never forget you, baby. John Posen. John Posen was 23 years old when he fell through a floor. He fell through a hole in the floor at the old Gates rubber plant. Rest in peace, Johnny boy. Rest in peace, man. Rest in peace to, you know, all the people that lost their lives at that rubber plant. There was quite a few people. There was a list of people. There was a young girl that fell through that same floor and she lived, thankfully. She lived, but a lot of people passed away at that rubber plant. You guys gotta be careful. You guys gotta be careful. Eric Paul Jensen, 44 years old, taking pictures at the London House, Chicago's luxury riverfront hotel, abandoned. He was on the roof taking pictures. He was on the 20th floor and he fell 14 stories. You got your wings, baby. You got your wings. Shout out to all of them that fell those far distances. You got your wings. You earned them. 
the right way, not the slight way. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, man. There was actually a time that I almost really hurt myself. Thankfully, my friend was there to catch me. I was in a abandoned milk factory in Newark, New Jersey. And there was a security booth that had like a wooden floor and uh, from heavy rain, constant rain and, you know, weathering and just, you know, it being wood, it it ended up getting really weak and falling through. But there was a carpet over it. So I didn't know. I stepped on it a little and I felt it, you know, kind of fall under me. So I, I stepped back and I caught myself. I turned around and I tried to walk off, but I didn't catch my balance. I didn't catch my balance all the way and I fell back even more. And my friend saw me, you know, flailing my arms the way people do when they're trying to catch their balance. Like I was looking like a guy on a tightrope, but I was leaning towards the back direction. I was going to fall. It was obvious I was going to fall. I knew it. I was trying to catch something. My weight just wasn't balancing out and I was going to fall through that floor. Falling to who knows where. On top of who knows what. And thankfully, my friend Jordan was there and he caught my book bag strap and I didn't fall. So shout out to my friend Jordan, goddammit. And I want to get a round of applause for him because you saved me. You saved me. Thank you. Also, shout out to my friend David back in Detroit, who was dating my ex's best friend. So we were both dating best friends and we were best friends at the time. So shout out to him because he stopped me from walking in front of a speeding Hummer back in Detroit as a kid. Shout out to David. And that's what having good friends gets you. I have also been arrested for trespassing. I was arrested, guys, while on abandoned property. I was doing graffiti, too. They caught me doing some graffiti. And I just so happened to be on some abandoned property, and I got arrested. I wasn't exploring. That was a bad one. That was a bad one. No, no. Yeah. A lot of people in the Urbex community are actually against graffiti because they don't like the places getting all graffitied up. So, sorry, guys. Sorry. But that's also just a little thing that I like to do. You know. You got to get the whole package. But, yeah. I've learned I've learned a few things from exploring. 
I've learned a few things. I learned my own limits. One, I learned how far I will go. I do have limits. I'll do some dangerous things, but I won't. I won't push it too far, you know? I'm not going to be one of those people that accidentally falls off the edge of the building because I just stepped too close. No, I definitely got limits. I got limits. And, you know, exploring in these dangerous places has taught me that. It's taught me it's okay to have limits. You don't have to push the envelope too far. You know, you can get the experience without going too far. I know some people that go too far. I found a group, actually. I was in a place downtown Newark. A lot of this is happening in Newark because I've been living here for a while now, from Detroit to to here. I explored way more places here in New Jersey than I did back in Detroit because I had just started back in Detroit before I left. So I hit a couple of places, a couple of houses back in Detroit, and then I had to come here to Jersey. And so from there, I really got into it. I really got into it when I got over here. And I loved it. Every time. I love it. I never regret going into a place. I've never regret going into an abandoned building. It's not something that I would end up regretting. It's not it's not really embarrassing to me. It's not embarrassing. I don't mind coming out of a place dusty. I'm kind of dirty. Shit, if I'm coming from work, I'm supposed to be dirty anyway, right? You know, we've seen all the memes. My hands look like this, so hers can look like that. Yeah. So you expect me to be looking kind of messed up anyway, because I'm supposed to be coming from work. So I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about what you're going to think about me. And being in those abandoned places also taught me that. It also taught me that I don't have to care what everyone thinks. A few times I try to bring people to some of these places and they'll say, oh, this is dirty. Like, ooh, why do you want to be here? Why do you want to do this? Why do you... Stop being so judgmental. Your house is probably dirty, but you live there. Relax. Relax a little, please. Enjoy yourself. I brought some people to some places and they just could not seem to enjoy it for nothing. Like, dude, you're making me feel like a crackhead now. Like, (laughs) I never felt like I was doing some crackhead activity until I got there with a certain person. And then they're just making me feel like, ew, now you're making me feel like I should feel wrong about this. Like how a drug addict should feel wrong about shooting up a bunch of dope in a place like that. You should feel wrong about that because it's not right. Not that I'm judging anyone who has or who does because we all fight demons. But I'm saying, you know, you know, it's not right. You know. I don't have to tell you, but yeah, you know, but yeah, it's not like I'm doing anything like that, but a person could make you feel like that being judgmental. And that's why you go to these places with like-minded people. So you don't have to worry about, you know, that outside force 
making you uncomfortable. These places are tranquil places that they're calm, they're quiet, they're peaceful. You know? Uh, but yeah, I had a, I, I met this guy in one of the places and he was just going all out, man. Like he had to go to the edge of everything. And I'm just looking at him like, bro, this is how it happens. This is how you end up being another one of those who lost their life in these places. You're going too far. You are not a bird. You don't have to go to the edge of the plank that hangs off the edge of a building. You don't have to do that. You can enjoy it without doing all that. Now, those who do that, I am not judging you again I am not judging anyone I don't do that I just don't I don't want you judging me I don't judge you but damn aren't you at least a little afraid that if you go too far you could lose your life some people just push the envelope some people love it it's the thrill of the chase urban exploration is probably one of the most fun hobbies I have. You know, and I have a f- I have a few. Like I just said, graffiti, I like I like art. I'm very into art. Um I skate. Man, I explore, I make music. I uh I do things. I'm active. I'm a I'm a I'm an outdoor person. And I love nature. People that that explore these places, they know these are some of the some of the most beautiful places and some of the the best places for photographers. You know. So shout out to man, shout out to the whole Urbex community because you guys get it you just get it so shout out to the urbex community let me get a round of applause for the urbex community please please one final huge round of applause rest in peace to the people that passed away Shout out to the whole Urbex community, whether you're an a-hole or you're a nice guy. And that was episode three, Exploring Abandoned Places on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am your host, your anchor, your friend, your conscious, your guidance, your messenger bird. I'm all that. I'm here for you, baby. And one last final applause to take us out of the podcast. Shout out to all the people that came, that listened, that sat through the whole hour. This is Exploring Abandoned Places on the Cruise Control Podcast. I'm Chris Cruz. Thank you. I'll see you in episode four, Misogyny, which was supposed to be this episode, but it wasn't. 
I'll save it for when I got my future co-host, Elon. Yes, there will be a female co-host on the podcast. Shout out to my females. And she's coming just in time to help me post the misogyny episode. So we'll see how that goes. I love you all. Enjoy life. Go explore. Get outside. Get in nature. Walk bare feet in the grass. There it is. That's all the time we have, and I'm out of here. Love you. Goodbye. And I'll see you next time.